Yeah, wheel nerds. Wheel nerds. Wheel nerds. Wheel nerds. Hi, welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is Chuck, and this is Todd. We're here to talk about motorcycles and stuff. And uh, yeah, we love talking about the stuff. Oh, the stuff. You know, before we start about uh, any kind of stuff this week. You'll you'll notice that I have two glasses on the desk before us. Oh yes. Yeah. So you may have heard in past episodes about Chuck's little gadgets that he bought that are going to uh, make uh, juice into booze. Sweet, sweet booze. Sweet booze. <laughs> well, it didn't make the trip. Uh, I think I, I'm going to describe why a little later. But uh, the booze is here now, and it's it's ready to be consumed. So this is booze made with the spike it. Yes, we haven't tried this. This is going to be our first. This is totally new. It's. Uh, it's do we, do it's, we smell it or just? Let's it. describe it. It's, it's yellowish, like cloudy. It's cloudy pee is what we're looking at here. <laughs> it does, and it and smells it's, all and it's, funny, it's, yeasty, it's bubbly. Weird. Yeah. Um, um, it's been fermenting for about a week. It, we have a bucket in here. <laughs> <laughs> it could be almost fourteen percent alcohol. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, so here we go. The wheel nurse counter, test of the uh, the spike it apple juice. Count so. of three, okay? One, <laughs> two, three. Three. It tastes like rubber. Like... <laughs> Like the yeast and like oh, like nasty it's apples. It's really and, sour. Wow. <laughs> I don't think there's that, any sugar left. No, I don't think so either. I think the yeast has killed it. Oh, God. It's – wow, that's that's really awful. They do say 48 hours and it's – To try the, it, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, – This is quite – I wonder if we could run like an engine off of this. I don't know. It's quite intensely foul, and you're still drinking it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just letting it sink in. God, the smell is, the smell is horrible. It smells like feet. It's very smooth. Y- yes. <laughs> it's... In, a, in a foot sort of way. <laughs> it's a. Uh... Oh, God, it's like a. I can't even put my fingers. You know, what it's, it's, I, I I can't. I'm trying to figure out what that flavor is, but it's there's definitely like the kind of acidy and the yeasty flavor. It's it's, it's like this weird black hole of flavor. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord. I, I think it's killing everything on my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck is switching it in his mouth. Oh, there's the apple. Yeah, I'm getting a faint appley kind of. Good. I gotta stop sniffing this. It's terrible. <laughs> Oh God! It's like gym socks, apple and gym socks. It's uh, this is this is what the prisoners drink in Pruno, you know. Yeah, this this is oh, prison. God, hooch. I gotta I gotta stop. This is awful. This is prison hooch, <laughs> this folks. This oh. is uh, this is awesome. Okay, all right. Chuck's braver than I did. He drank his he drank his whole shot glass. There's like a cloudy residue on the bottom. Uh, it's I'm the guessing yeast. that's a yeast. What is? Ooh, it's got some booze in it, though. I can feel it burning in my throat. It kind of tingles. It's booze. It's booze. It's um, adventure booze. It's adventure booze. That's, <laughs> That's right. Sure. This is adventure booze only for the hardcore. Ugh. God. You want some Damn. more? No. I've got 64 ounces of it. <laughs> what the here. hell are we going to do 64 <laughs> ounces of that? Degrease engines? <laughs> oh, Lord. Maybe I'll use it on the bill to wipe all that dust and shit off. <laughs> all right. There's only one thing left to do. Chaser. Yeah, chaser. Oh, oh, so much better. Oh, it won't go away. (laughs) Oh, God. No, it just tastes like chaser and 
foot liquor apple. God. It's, uh, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. How bad did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be really bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's pretty terrible. I mean, it's it's not good, but it I, it's it's an absence of flavor. I was expecting like a real... See, I don't... There's a real there's a real nasty, metallic-y, acidy tang to it I don't like. Wow, that was great. That, uh... Yeah, that... Hmm. Okay, well, uh... I'm going to try one of those on a different bottle of juice and follow the instructions more carefully. Okay. And we'll see. You mean, like, not try strapping it to a motorcycle that bounces up and down? That's enough to uh, dislodge the airlock and send it into the street. And to send fermenting apple juice all over the gas tank and windshield. We're drinking street booze? (laughs) Yeah. Great. (laughs) Us and the hobos. You could say you're hardcore. (laughs) I'm hardcore. I drank the apple... Sludge. I'm not even sure the hobos would drink this stuff. Well, the other the other part of the problem is you 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 spared no expense in buying the cheapest juice in the store, the <laughs> Western Family Apple Cider, which is from concentrate from Argentina and China. It's Chinese cider. It's just juice. I picked a kind of juice that I kind of liked. I like apple cider. Yeah, because apple cider is always that color. I'll give you a dollar if you do another shot. No. <laughs> I'll give you five dollars. No. Buy me a new Tana cover for the year old and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> one, one where my vest doesn't fly out and you run it over. <laughs> I thought you were attacking me. <laughs> Just throwing crap over my shoulder. It seems a Russian thing to do. <laughs> yep. So we're back from the slow road to Durango, which was the slow and somewhat abbreviated road to Durango. I wanted to get that year old to Durango, which is 400 miles away, and I had two days to get there on a bike that goes 55, 60. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That was not one of the better judgment calls of my life. The, the, the thing you talked about a couple of times was the Ural seems to have this uh, endurance limit. After, yeah. What was it? It's overheating or what's it doing? Oh, well, when you're when you're going wide open with the Ural, um, and this says this in the manual, and I did exceed this a couple of times, they say, you know, every hour or so, stop and let it cool off. I don't know how you could ride the Ural for two hours straight <laughs> at those speeds. I mean, you'd be dead. <laughs> It would it would roll up by itself and there'd be a dead guy hanging onto the bars. <laughs> you know, when you rolled into Durango on that second day, you kind of looked like a dead guy hanging onto I, the bars. I felt like a dead guy. I didn't even get all the way to Durango before I was calling John and seeing when he could get me. Yeah, we were about thirty miles shy of Durango. Yep. And you were and at the end of the first day, even you had this look of forlorn, thousand yard stare. Yeah. I was I was feeling it that first day, but I figured you know maybe well, we'll you know the next day we'll just kind of go and it'll it'll be get better. You know the bad thing about that euro is we could not leave a gas station restaurant <laughs> rest stop <laughs> on time to save our lives. No, there's the, that's the Chuck Chuck has never seen UDF Ural delay factor in action before, and we got it bad this trip. I wanted to kill that old dude. Oh, yeah. So let's see. What, what were the UDF we got? We stopped at the gas station in Hebrew, and the lady showed up and UDF'd yeah. us for five minutes or so, right. five, ten minutes. We're in Moab, and one guy is looking at it while we're eating lunch, and I'm like, we're totally going to get UDF when we leave. We yep. leave, and he pops out, and we get UDF. Yep. And we get all our gear on, and we're starting to leave. And a dude pulls up behind us on an R100-something, some old Beamer. Blocks and parks in. right behind the Ural, so I can't get away. If you don't know, Moab is in the desert. It's in the desert. It's like 100 degrees. He's not wearing any gear, and we're wearing one-piece suits. Nice guy. You know, I hope he listens to the show, but... yeah. We were in suits. Dude, we were in suits, dude. We were in one-piece textile man. suits. Cut me some slack, bro. <laughs> You're making the Euro angry. 
So, uh, so yeah, that was the UDF there in Moab, and then uh, a couple. The, basically, every gas station we went to, somebody uh, wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a popular machine. It it definitely attracts people. It is a you you feel like a celebrity when you're on it all the time. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. The view, meanwhile, was perfect the whole trip. Yeah, can I just tell you that thing was awesome for this trip. Yeah, I mean, wow, everything just worked. Cool. It was comfy. The windshield kept the was working great. Uh, no problems with the motor at all. Seat was great. The skin of some undefined animal seat cover I had was great. <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> Did I? I don't know. It could be anything. Cheap. Maybe it was a llama. Sheep. Or an elk. Sheep. Moose. Sheep. Platypus. Sheep. <laughs> Sheep. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, the Buell was great. I loved it. Every single cool. day. Even in the sand. Even in the sand. I did not drop it in the sand. Chuck, Chuck goes off into the soft sand, and I'm sitting there behind him on the Ural, which, of course, is you know easy mode for that kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> I'm watching him go in, and I'm like, I don't think he notices that this is soft sand, and he's about to try to rat up a berm of soft sand. As he, and I'm trying to think, is there any way I can signal him that isn't going to make him turn his head and really crash it? No. I couldn't think of anything, so I just watched. And I did not crash it. Nope. Did I tell you, though, I cheated? No. Because <laughs> you said the next morning when I went through it. Yeah. You are out there with your camera waiting for me to drop this bike. Yeah. I didn't drop it the first time, but I looked pretty funky wallowing around. There was a there was a there was a tense moment. The second time through, I pretty much just plowed right right through that sand. <laughs> In the tent that night, I had my iPhone and I had a copy of this uh, GS Dual Sport. Oh my god. Adventure motorcycle. <laughs> And there was a segment in there about riding through deep sand. You studied? I studied. I studied for the test the next day. <laughs> That's what I did in my tent that night. It paid off. <laughs> Damn right it did. I was standing there already with a camera waiting for, you know, check to fall. And I go, are you okay? He'd say yes. Click, 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 click. And go help him pick his bike up. Yeah, he, Todd booked out of the, the campsite we were in up the sandy road. <laughs> It was really and, tough on the Ural. Yeah. I remember you were saying, like, in the beginning, like, well, I'm kind of debating whether to let you go first or, you know, I should go first and, and you know, maybe help you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, I'll probably be. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying up the camera, there's a tripod, you got your light meter. One of those little, one of those little bounce umbrella thingy mobbers. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> this is going to be great. I'll finally have a picture of Chuck on his side to go with the one he's got of me on my side. <laughs> but no. Damn it. Plowed right through. That would have been a great matching Wheel Nerds logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to have to do it just so we can get that picture. <laughs> Pitch the viewer. Make sure you purchase it in the opposite direction so we can do like a yin-yang thing. Right. That would be awesome. You know, speaking of ad- adventure, um, for your Strom, your Ural, what would you say is one of your top ten worries? Let me, well, let me pose this question. Okay. In your top ten fears of your motorcycle... Okay, bears. Flying bears. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you see the article about the bear that went through the windshield of the car and killed two people? I don't think the bear was actually flying at the time. How do you know? Well, I... Went through the windshield. But... Probably flew. All right. Hover bears have no mercy. (laughs) Hover bears, that sounds terrifying. (laughs) The maximum ground speed of a hover bear is 60 miles an hour. You cannot outrun it on a Euro. (laughs) (laughs) Your only hope is to play dead. Hope it goes for the Buell. <laughs> Send the Buell towards sand <laughs> and hope the rider hasn't studied. 
But okay, no. Your top ten worries would it be that someone is going to undo the oil cap and muck with your oil or steal your oil? They're going to steal my nasty engine oil that's been in a V-twin for a while, getting turned into soup. Yep. No, that is not high on my list of worries. Someone out there is worrying about it, and Turatech has the solution. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe in Outer Mongolia this is a problem. I I, I I think in Outer Mongolia they take better care of their cars than to steal someone's used <laughs> engine oil. <laughs> They've got this oil plug. It's stainless steel. Perf- oh, it's got to be brushed steel. It's brushed, yeah. Perfectly smooth except for a little hex socket that you can just put your hex wrench right into oh. to undo your oil plug. That makes sense because, you know, bike oil thieves are notorious for not carrying the proper hex wrenches. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose they could have done, like, some sort of security bit head, but... You know, this would actually be great as a joke for your friends. Replace their plug? Replace their plug with <laughs> one of these. Only only get the one with an SAE size. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I know what we're doing at the ranch next year. <laughs> That's a great idea. Turtech, you've got Hello. us again. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it going bloop? Strange things are afoot in the, in the death liquor. Um, I, well, you know, the yeast is bubbling, right? So it's, right. so it's pushing gas out until it reaches and the water level and the airlock pushes down until it reaches these holes. Mm. And then the gas boops out without letting any air in. Oh, okay. To make the fine tasting quality of liquor we have invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was liquor. Sort of. Yeah. Well, sand notwithstanding, and, and Ural not being a great distance stream bike, the minute we got into the San Rafael swell, the Ural was totaling in its element. It was happy yes. as a clam. You were happy. I was happy. I was, I was pretty happy. That, that, that was the San Rafael swell. San Rafael was... swell is great. The BLM does a great job of it. So the San Rafael swell is in the weird crook between I-70 and Route 6. Um, down in kind of central Utah. You don't see much about it or hear much about it because it's run by the BLM. It's actually really well set up. They've got campgrounds, roads all over the place, and you're not supposed to go off the roads because they're trying to preserve a right. bunch of it. But it's the a, dirt roads are great. They're hard-packed. Hard-packed, well-maintained, all that. And they've got less awesome dirt roads, you know, for trails. But they've they've got them all established, so, you know, you can just sort of fart around and not really feel like you're going to get lost and eaten by hover bears. But they are high adventure. We never saw a Celica pass us. Adventure. No Celicas <laughs> went by us. Only one. <laughs> adventure. Adventure Celica. <laughs> you and the Euro were in your element. La 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 la. I have a third wheel. La la la. I'm not having to go fast. La 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 la. Oh, bumps. <laughs> yeah, that's one downside about the Urals. These, the, I need to, I need to service that suspension. So you got put. You were saying something about you could just change the oil out with. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's got a damper rod and a spring, and the spring has two preload settings: too soft and too hard. Um, <laughs> it's like the three bears. Yeah, it's really it's really something. It, it, I'm gonna take it out. Put some put some lighter oil into it. Okay. It's really harsh now, and I think it's because the damping action is too great. Okay. We'll see. I think the reality of the situation is the old crappy Russian suspension I have is old crappy Russian suspension. Yeah, and there you are. Mm-hmm. But the camping in the swell is oh, really cool. Buckhorn Draw Road. Buckhorn Draw Road. We'll post a, a GPS track of, of that part of our trip. I'm going to mark where we camp so wheel nerd fanatics can go sleep where we sleep. I'm right where Chuck is. It's like I'm with him right now. Exactly. They're going to cuddle their Chuck pillow. Oh, you think they have some of me? Big hairy guy cuddling a chuck pillow. 
Oh, that would be awesome. Well, I mean, it's just a pillow, not me. For now. <laughs> Until they kidnap you and take you to the campsite and try to live in their experience. Well, as long as they don't make me drink the death hooch, I guess we're okay. <laughs> Good point. You can use that and stun them with it. Well, they're stunned, run away. Oh, run? I'll just have to walk away leisurely. Try the death hooch. <laughs> So the camping was good, and you made uh, you made your your journey rice. Yep, I made my journey rice. My journey rice is my weapon of choice. You know what? I've got a great idea. We should hear about the camping from our special guests for the day. You mean us? Yes. <laughs> Coming to us, not live, from Buckhorn Gulch. Coming to us via a very elaborate, sophisticated time travel machine. High-tech satellite laser guided. Made by Russians. By Russians. <laughs> It's powered by a rock. <laughs> hey, that rock held the microphone up real good. <laughs> that was a that was a clutch rock, right where we needed it to. You, you know what those guys needed on that trip? A strom. <laughs> beer. Oh yeah, beer. Well, let's hear from them. Okay. And now to our special guests, the Wheel Nerds. Hi, this is Chuck. And I'm Todd. Welcome to Wheel Nerds on the Road. On the Road. Not in a cave. Not in a cave. <laughs> Coming to you live from Buckhorn Draw, Utah. Oh, we're still in Utah? Yeah. That would explain why we have no beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, Buckhorn Draw is down in the San Rafael Swell, kind of north, uh, what is it, northwest of Moab. Yeah. I got to be honest, I, I feel like we're going to be shot at by Indians in the hills. I, it's totally. So we're in this, this canyon, uh, which has clearly been carved out by rivers over bajillions of years. Think of uh, think of your Clint Eastwood movie, and yeah. you've seen this canyon. That's about where we are. Yeah, we're in the canyon where people get ambushed. <laughs> it is absolutely gorgeous, though. We are just, uh, I at least, am just blown away. Yep. Hey, that rice is already smelling pretty good. Yep. Hey, cool. Lots of spices, got a little lime juice, got some onions and pepper, nothing special. We, we're in a pretty good camp spot. Yep, with only a little bit of soft sand on the way in, which Chuck has just learned to ride in today. <laughs> hey, I didn't fall. I managed to keep the bike upright yep. and catch it. You did. Good job. <laughs> we got it in. I stayed upright, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Todd's on the Ural. I'm on the Ural, and we're learning a lot of interesting things about the Ural on this trip, which weren't immediately apparent just farting around town and, you know, taking my nephews for rides. <laughs> yeah, the, the Ural almost didn't make this trip. There was there was a moment we came up I eighty which was miserable in the wind and then came on I forty which was not a whole lot of fun in the wind <laughs> and uh, Todd wasn't having a good start I was to not the day. having a good start to the day it was it was I was already a little rattled man I was I was I came pretty close to saying turn around I'm getting the Strom we'll go Friday yeah yeah which and uh, just like the the cursed road trip from hell. That first leg up toward Heber, all my accessories turned off. Yeah. I was thinking maybe I, I burnt the fuse out because, you know, yeah. we've, we've been through that before. But, you know, you were thinking you wanted to turn around. My accessories are on the fritz. I could hear the jungle drums. Duka, duka, duka. <laughs> I, I stayed after it, and I... I am glad I did. I may not say that after another couple of days, getting my ass blown all over creation in the mountains on the Ural. Yeah. The Ural, it turns out, is a great bike for when you're somewhere. It is not really all that awesome for getting from point A to point B. 
Which, you know, it's, that seems kind of contradictory, you know? Doesn't you'd, it? You'd think it'd be like the, the cool tour bike. Logically speaking, I mean, certainly it's cool. Like, I get, like, thumb, you know, they wave at you, and then they see me, and they give the big thumbs up. People come over at gas stations. Yeah, random dudes at gas stations. Too bad the hoochies didn't come over. We forgot to get that guy's name at the gas station. Hey, if you're the guy who talked to us at the gas station, what's up, dude? Yeah. He, you, was, he was pretty cool. Hope, hope, your, hope your ribs heal up fast and you get a lot of, uh, a lot of miles on your bikes. Yeah, get on that goozy. Yeah. <laughs> Send us an email and tell us all about the Norge and what you like about it. He was pretty cool. He was. You meet cool people when you're out riding. I like that a lot about it. The lady at the first gas station kind of made me laugh. That was a little weird, yeah. The lady was talking about her Ninja 250, and then she takes it on the dirt roads. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, first she comes up, and she's talking to me, and she's saying, oh, you know, my, my husband bought me a sport bike, and I, I take it out, and, you know, it's not that comfortable. I feel like I'm, I'm, I can't get set on it. Yeah. You're like, well, what are you riding? Well, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm, like, Gixxer, yeah. YZF, something with a real, like, monkey-humping monkey football effect. And I was having a hard time with it because she was sort of like a late middle-aged kind of lady. Yeah. She didn't look like your sport bike crowd. No no Corona tank top. But, uh, yeah, she's like, oh, it's a Ninja 250. I'm like, that, that bike's perfect. What are you talking about? You could ride forever on that sucker. But apparently she, she can't. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, we should have gave her a card too. Oh shit, you're right. We but suck at marketing. So far, yeah. Wheel nerds, the worst marketers in the world. <laughs> we need you to market for us. In fact, if you're listening to this through iTunes, go go back to iTunes and write a review about us, telling us you know how great we are. And if you think we're suck, go write a review about how great we are, so that other people will lose an hour of their lives as well. Yes, misery loves company. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, apparently, apparently, when you search for motorcycle podcasts, we don't come up, which is we're not sure why yet. No, well, it could be that we don't talk about motorcycles enough. Motorcycle, 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 motorcycle. There. Okay, stupid iTunes search bot, get to work. God damn it! We have jobs to quit. No shit. I'm sure the pace guys are living in the lap of luxury. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so let's see what what else we want to talk about. Oh, how's that? How's the gas mileage on the Earl? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's not very good. Especially not when you're trying to do 65 and it just won't. <laughs> Todd has a favorable review about the uh, what are those Rotax? Yeah, Rotopax uh, gas cans work great. <laughs> now the best part about this is is I uh, we're coming down. We leave uh, Duchesne and we head through Indian Canyon. And I'm thinking, I don't need to gas up in Duchesne because the price is right on the other side of the canyon. I forgot how long Indian Canyon was is what I did wrong. So we get going down and we're coming down the very back edge of Indian Canyon, like getting ready where you can just start to see the power plant and it's, the bike starts going, and I frantically, you probably saw me wail, flailing madly for my reserve switch. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just it didn't occur to me that you were out of gas. I was just like, what's he doing? Well, no, no that, wasn't, that was later. So, so oh, I, oh, okay. I, I, flipped, I flipped the switch, and I'm like, okay, no problem. You know, Price and Helper coming up will go. And so they built a new bridge over the one gas station um, in Helper. Yeah. So I totally missed that one, and I'm like, shit, should I turn around? I'm like, no, no, there'll be another one any minute now. And we keep going <laughs> and going, and there's not a gas station. And we're going, but then we're coming close to the exit where I know there's a gas station because it's the one I stop at all the time. So I'm like, okay, cool. I think, think we're in good shape here. We're good. And then within sight of the exit, my bike begins to die. I pull over on the side, and I'm like running, you know, it's doing the, the run on one cylinder sort of, but not very well thing. 
and it, no shit, we are on the exit ramp to the gas station, and the bike dies. <laughs> in, Chuck, in Chuck, sight of the sign. In sight of the Chevron sign. Oh that my god. That was the funniest thing. I thought I was going to die from a heart attack laughing so hard. <laughs> so, moral of the story is, if you get 200 kilometers on your Ural uh, trip meter in the city and riding around, you are not going to get that trying to go fast. <laughs> That bike just does not want to go fast. It, uh, we were fighting winds pretty much the whole way. Yeah, pretty much just big, powerful headwinds the whole way, at which point the Ural is just, the gas mileage is dropping precipitously. And I felt bad about it, because I was pretty oblivious on the Buell yeah. behind my windshield. Yeah, it checks behind the windshield on the Buell. I'm getting battered. You know, I'm just, doing 60, just kind of puttering along. Just getting the stuffing beaten out of me. Rocking out on the, the iPod. I'm going to say this now about Sunday. I'm not doing anything remotely stressful Sunday. <laughs> Unless we decide to head home Sunday. <laughs> By the way, the water is hot. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the little backpack stove is, talk is about, working. Talk about your alcohol stove for a minute. That's cool. All right. I so like that. The, the little penny stove is, is what I'm trying out here for the first time in the wild. And I think it uh, might still be generating some heat. It's made from two Heineken beer cans. So the only real drawback to this stove is you're going to have to drink a couple Heinekens first. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty fierce drawback. <laughs> so uh, we'll post a link on the website to uh, the website for this uh, the penny can stove. It's, uh, I guess, hip with the ultralight backpacker, backpacker crowd. Yeah, I can see it being attractive. Runs off of uh, liquid heat, denatured alcohol. Mm-hmm. Some guys, I guess, burn gasoline in it. Well, is anything that'll vaporize, right? Anything that'll vaporize. It, essentially, you, you fill a little reservoir created by the beer cans with your fuel of choice, light it. Uh, as the fuel on top burns off, it heats the aluminum, and that boils the fuel and forces vapor jets out the little pinholes, and away you go. Clever notion. I've cooked rice, I've cooked noodles, and now I've made hot water for our tea. Our hardcore adventure tea. Adventure tea. <laughs> with a lot of sugar because I, I like it sweet <laughs> Todd on the other hand has the cool two burner propane well, I'm on the Ural so I don't have to bring I've got a stoves I use I've got a your basic Coleman shit can two burner which the regulators shot on I need to buy one at Walmart one in Durango possibly a whole new stove because uh, they're cheap yeah, traveling with a guy on a Euro, it's it's a little self-defeating because you almost need to pack nothing. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> Todd Todd not only has it, he has the car camp version of it. Yep, I got most of my gear is pretty close to my car camping gear. I don't have the bed pillows, which I uh, remains my favorite part of car camping by far. <laughs> you know, people are going to listen to this and think we're hardcore we're talking about bed pillows and mm. sugary tea and yes i'd like to stretch out a little later maybe sing a song of some sort mm. jesus wants me for a sunbeam i don't actually know the tune to that i don't even know what tune you're singing i don't know it's a church thing oh okay i was gonna sing kumbaya but you know it's good too hey hippie <laughs> so we're here we got our tent set up uh we pulled in a couple hours before sundown and it turns out it was a good thing we did. Basically, as soon as we'd set the tents up and I'd put on some sunscreen. Uh, the sun is down. The sun is now behind the edge of the canyon, so we're right. in shadow and it's, we're, it's we're, cooling off rapidly. We're still in daylight, but, you know, 
I mean, the good tip here is make sure you have plenty of time to set up camp and get your dinner going. Yep. Camp early. That way you can kick back and relax and mm-hmm. de-stress from getting your ass kicked by wind all day. Oh, God. <laughs> if, if only someone had thought to buy some beer at that last gas station. Oh, I could at least have some beer then. <laughs> oh. oh, and speaking of alcohol, our, our homemade hooch idea did not pan out. That did not go so well. Tell us about the homemade hooch because I didn't get to see it. All I saw was a, a buell which smelled faintly. <laughs> I started the hooch last night. You get your 64-ounce bottle of juice, and you replace the cap with this rubber stopper and this plastic airlock dealie that you fill with water, and you know the gas forces its way out of the water. You know, I started it last night to get a head start, thinking I was clever that way. Strapped it upright onto the outside of the tank bag this morning, and I got about two blocks down the street when the, the vibration just from the, the ride made the whole top fall off. <laughs> it's a good joke about fuels here somewhere. Yeah. One yeah. gets the impression this thing is meant to be kept in your kitchen, though. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the top rolled off. It bounced in the street. I, I circled around, picked it back up, took it home, left it in the garage. I don't know if having the integrity of the air seal broken will hurt it or not, but we'll find out when we get back, because by the time we get back, it should be pure alcohol. Or there be things growing in it. Or things growing in it. Possibly both. They provided enough powder to make several bottles of the stuff, so oh, okay. we'll have to have show hooch sometime. Okay. But no camp hooch. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> we, we fail at alcohol. Oh, I want a beer so bad. Can you tell we live in Utah? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be like a golf course, like like a chick with with big personalities will come by in a cart and sell us some beer. Well, you know those girls at the last gas station in Price, they had personality. Yeah, and they were probably like 16. No, they were wearing high heels. They're 16. Huh? They could not have been much more than 16. Daisy Dukes and high heels. Who lets their kid out like that in Price? I can think of a couple people. Those girls are on their way to work. I don't mean the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Their nudie bar and fries? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably goes a lot like that uh, the liquor in Mongolia theory. <laughs> what do you do for liquor in Mongolia? What do you mean, what do you do for liquor? <laughs> if you live in Mongolia, you want some liquor. If you live in Price, you, you want a titty bar. Yeah. Yeah. They Makes sense. They weren't selling alcohol. It's a pretty awesome campsite. This is an extremely awesome campsite. These are just giant cliff walls all around us. Filled with... Beautiful redstone. Snipers. Yeah. They definitely have that feel about them, don't they? There's caves. And this rock in front of us has been decorated. Yep. Well, I think that's Navajo sandstone, so it's really soft and easy to scratch up. Yeah. We should do the Wheel Nerds logo. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to be one of those people. With the Ural and everything. Leave well, the campsite. Nicer than you got there. And the wind has died down, which I like immensely. Yeah. This is a nice, peaceful spot. They've got the campsites here laid out so that uh, you, you can't see one from the other. I'm really enjoying that. Todd is trying to cook our dinner. I'll let it go too long. Uh-oh. 
fancy pot. Buy non-stick pots, everybody. Non-stick pots. <laughs> non-stick pots and, and big lighters. Don't take matches. And yeah, don't forget your beer when you're camping. <laughs> you want a bowl or a plate? I'll use my bowl. Unless uh, you want unless you have a spare and you can use this for hot water. We're gonna try some of Todd's patented journey rice. Uh, I think this is going to be good for me because I'll have pudding after this. Pudding. I brought snack pack pudding. Needs no refrigeration. Always travel with dads. They have pudding. <laughs> Parents pack sweets. We just, it's just something we learn to do. And I've got a cute little vial of Tabasco. If you would like some Tabasco sauce. Uh, you're not going to need it. No? Okay. So this particular batch of journey rice, which I usually use just like the mixed wild rice for, and veggies. It has uh, red peppers chopped up. It has red onions chopped up. Got, uh, what the hell do I have in here? Some oregano, some basil. I like to use those dried shaker thingies. It's got the packets of tuna that you don't have to refrigerate. I love those. And uh, it's got a little bit of the Mekong spices. So there's this Thai restaurant in town in Salt Lake. And the dude shells, sells uh, pepper shakers. Oh. That's cool. And there's the tiniest amount of that, and that's quite adequate. Just give it some zing. Oh, yeah. Oh. And a little beef bullion. God, I love hot tea. Mm. Yeah, this is living. Mm-hmm. Mm, good batch. I like to do the bullion, because if you don't do the bullion, rice always comes out sort of chalky, I find. Mm. You don't even need much. You just need, like, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Good for the salt, too. Welcome to Will Nerds Eating. <laughs> okay, so this particular recipe is a good one. I like this one. I'll make this again. Mm -hmm. But in general, you can't go wrong. Something for some protein, if you like that. If you're vegetarian, you're set. Yep. Whatever veggies you find, rice, spices, bullion, boom. We have packed the mini grow. In yep. Case, in case we come across something we can grow. Mm hmm. I'm hoping a rabbit. Huh. <laughs> That's how hungry I was. Mm hmm. That's something to remember. If you're feeling shagged out and kind of like not having fun and not into stuff, double check like all your normal, like, human. Pyramid of needs, comfort stuff. Mm-hmm. My fed and my tired. Not just beer. Not just beer. Beer would sure be nice. <laughs> hey, we should go walk over and see if the seventh youth ward has some beer. Good plan. So we've been riding by signs ever since we entered the swell. It says Seventh Youth Ward this way. And we were originally thinking we'd go down by the river to camp. We're kind of living in fear right now. That's where the seventh youth ward is, so we opted to Stop up here. Mm-hmm. It's a good spot, though. Mm-hmm. God, it's quiet. Once the sun's down, I bet the this, this sky's going to look spectacular. I bet it is. The BLM does a great job at the San Rafael Swell, I have to say. 
the road is like you could do the road to Civic. Yeah, it's really well taken care of. But if you're on your bike, it still feels cool. Yeah, totally. Until the Civic comes along, throws sand in your face. Yeah, still <laughs> feels cool. Oh yeah, so it's the spider. Mm. I was reading. I brought this month's Cycle World. Mm. It's inspiration for talk. Ooh, fun. We've got an article in there about spider putting a patent for a leaning spider. Hmm. Like gimbaled, like an MP3 sort of thing? Yep. Interesting. Except, you know, with the spider's stance. Wow, that's going to be very strange having wheels that far apart. Hmm. Yeah, I guess if you're looking for that. it's a. If two wheels are hard for you, you need something different. Buy an MP3. Yeah, I don't... See, people keep saying that, but I don't think that works quite as well. Because an MP3 can still fall over if your legs are not good. Mm. In which case, the sidecar is totally cool and a great way to go. I would have difficulty recommending the Ural, only because it's uh, it takes a lot of physical effort to drive the thing. I've noticed that today. You're really muscling that sucker around. I'm, I'm working for it. And that's, that's fairly typical of sidecars. It depends on the sidecar. The Ural in particular. The Ural's got easy steering, but... You still got to move your body around a lot for the sidecar, and you are muscling it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I have a difficult time recommending sidecars for people who are, you know, having physical difficulty. Even if it's like, you know, you have a wooden leg, fuck it, get a sidecar, great. Um, <laughs> tons of guys with those on sidecars. But like, if you know, if you're having like upper body strength issues and that kind of stuff, like sidecar is probably not, not a great call. Yeah. You know, because you can get the same kind of easy steering on something like a trike that doesn't require near as much. I mean, to ride any of them fast and well, you need to get your ass off the seat and move around. <clears throat> well, to ride a Euro fast, you just need to buy a different bike. Well, a Euro fast, you need to drop it from a plane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I am so sick. I've seen this speedometer getting close to 55 and hearing the engine lug. I can spit. Oh, my God. We caught up to one vehicle today that... Todd was able to pass. I smoked that dude. <laughs> An 18. I don't care if he had three trailers. I smoked him. <laughs> An 18 wheeler going up a very steep incline. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this this might very well be the last long trip for the girl. No kidding. Yeah. Really, it was wild. Yeah, you seemed to really. I was about it this morning. Well, we got going this morning. I was a little worried. And then uh, going up that just a miserable ride up I-80 and then coming down I-40 and getting blown all over creation. Not tracking a line because there's these, there's those, the trucks leave very subtle ruts in the road that you can't really tell are there unless you're in a sidecar that's sensitive to them. Mm. And mine is. So. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird kind of reversal of the last trip. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one having a crappy day. Yeah, yeah, I, I did not start today okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay now, you know, and especially we get, as soon as we're on secondary roads where, like, 50-55 is adequate, mm-hmm. I'm great, no problem. I think the problem is that once you're above 55 on the Ural, the thing is just a fucking misery to ride. It is no fun at all at that speed. Mm. Oh, man. On the other hand, I have my two-burner stove. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of MP3, they have a new model coming out, too. Oh, really? A sort of MP3 light. Is it the, the hybrid thing they've been talking about, or is it... No. Else? No, it's uh, 400cc, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And the biggest difference is it doesn't have the uh, locking mechanism for the wheels. 
so the wheels are always gimbaled. Mm-hmm. So you get, you get, you know, to park the thing, you got to kick it up on its center stand. Gotcha. It's meant to be like the light commuter version of the of the bike. Hmm. Euro version's coming first. They're hoping they'll lower the cost of the bike. Hmm. That's definitely a problem with it right now. It's prohibitively expensive. Yeah, it's it's pretty expensive for, for as sexy as it is. Yeah. What else was there in that magazine I want to talk about? Oh, Modus. Oh, yeah, I read about that in another one. So Modus, the new V4 American sport bike maker. The new other American sport bike maker. Thus far. Because the only American sport bike maker is Eric Buell. Chuck is wearing a Buell shirt. Eric Buell. So Modus, the other sport, American sport bike maker. Yeah. Looks so. like they've got a prototype. Yep, they got a prototype together. I mean, it could end up being total vaporware when all said and done. The pictures look nice. They do. They do. So it's a longitudinal V4, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Now, I'm not the gearhead you are, but it looked pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about what I got. I mean, like, that looks cool. <laughs> the technology they were talking about, off-the-shelf parts, mm-hmm. availability. You know, one of the things I noticed about it was they were talking about they were talking about a setup more like what we imagined by like the, the dealer on the Internet. So they, they were also talking about you could turbocharge it. Good Lord. <laughs> It's a, <laughs> the motor will be able to handle it. It will make ex- insane amounts of power. Todd's trying to get out of his chair. Yeah, it doesn't work on a downhill slope very well. Todd has a, a special camp chair. Nothing wrong with it. It's an A-Lite chair. It gets really small, and it works great on level ground. If you're, if you're facing uphill while using it, it's a bit awkward. Imagine your camp chair with two legs. That's essentially what the A-Lite is. It is pretty cool. I've I've just got a little tripod from REI. This makes me think of the uh, old samurai movies where the samurai general would sit on his little tripod chair and everyone kind of... He'd watch people get killed and be like, huh, that sucks. <laughs> so in addition to my Rotopax gas can, which is oh so handy, thanks Jason, I have a glamour shot for you now too. Jason's <laughs> the guy who sells Rotopax. Gotcha. He lives near us. A glamour shot? Yeah, well, the Rotopax, one of the cool things they do is you take pictures of the cool things you do with their cans, and they'll put it on their front page. So look for my Ural on the uh, on the Rotopax front page. Okay. When it's all pretty tomorrow and the uh, sun's on the uh, across the way there, I'm going to take another picture. <laughs> Unless we're calling the sandstorm. Right. We're we're getting the hell out of here. <laughs> the one thing about this canyon is it's kind of windy. Mm-hmm. Canyons will be that way. It's kind of... I gotta say, this is not as windy here as it is elsewhere. Yeah. Our friend Claire was complaining about the wind for his ride down to Moab. Yeah, he went on the proper road. Yeah. Where I would have been even less happy. <laughs> you would have been downright miserable. You would have been like, fuck it, we're going home. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, you stuck it out, because man, this has been cool so far. For me, anyway. <laughs> In a surprising twist, the Buell has proved remarkably comfortable and effective. Not that I had any doubts. Thanks, Will Nerds. That was great. That was awesome. Stop by any time. I love you guys. You're sexy. <laughs> Are you talking to me? No. Oh. No, the other guy. The one with the beard. <laughs> so those guys made it to Durango. Yep. And... and uh, they did the uh, the group ride. Yep. Let's talk a little about about group riding. Well, I guess I want I want to start by saying I was glad I brought the Ural on that group ride. 
That was a, a literal lifesaver. A literal lifesaver. So one of the folks there um, was from Pennsylvania, where the altitude is zero, none-ish. Uh, so <laughs> she was having a classic altitude sickness problem. She was having nausea and uh, visual problems. Uh, so she stopped on the side of the road, and I was sweeping on the Ural because everything can outrun the Ural. And <laughs> caught up to her, and she started telling me this stuff. And she's like, do you want me to can – you, can you just kind of follow me back? And I'm like, I got a better idea because I was carrying on the Ural a spare tire, spare gas, and as it happened, a spare rider in the sidecar. <laughs> Not necessarily standard equipment for a Ural. Not always, but in this case, I had one. So uh, we uh, put him on her bike and uh, plopped her in the uh, sidecar. He was inflatable. Down. Blew right up. <laughs> Hi, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> now I can ride in the carpool lane. <laughs> we we don't really do that. Of course not, because motorcycles can ride in the carpool lane anyway. Damn right. So yeah, I was able I was able to get her back safely. Now yep. the the rest of the group riding, it sounds like was uh Yeah, you know, I've had a couple days to think about it now. Mm-hmm. And and really the group ride I did it wrong. Um, so t- talk to us first about your impressions, because you you were pretty pretty heated when you got back and were talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't have a good group ride, and like I said, I don't think that's the fault at all of the group ride itself. Mm-hmm. It was organized pretty well. They broke us up into three groups: a fast group, a touring group, middle group, and a cruiser group. Sure. I opted to go for the medium group because I was thinking something would be too hot or too cold, and I wanted to be Goldilocks. Sure, okay. Because I'm mature and a dad and responsible and have no pretensions of speed whatsoever. i got to meet this chap that you're describing <laughs> sometime, because he's not familiar to me. He sounds fun. No, he didn't. <laughs> and uh, I started out at the back of the touring group, which was probably the second mistake I made. <laughs> One thing I thought was kind of an odd choice for the touring group this year was uh, a two-up rider was setting the pace for the touring group. Yeah, that's a little peculiar. In the past, I've swept the touring group as a two-up rider or led the slow group, one or the other. But when you have a passenger, you don't want to go super fast because you'd get punched in the kidneys. Yeah, and, and he is, I've heard, a fast rider on oh, his own. Oh, yes. It's just, uh, like you said, he had a passenger who might not have been comfortable and I think the the main problem I had, um, you pointed out uh, a couple times, both going and coming, you know, hey, I'm glad you're sticking with me on this ride, even though I'm slow on this Euro and we're not getting very far. Yeah, that was really good of you. Chuck, Chuck cut his vacation down by two days to help me get back to Moab so that I could get the Euro on a trailer. And But, you know, it never occurred to me to actually bail on you. You know, it didn't occur to me. In fact, on the, for the group ride, when you were talking about originally going up to Ure and coming back, mm-hmm. I was just like in my head, well, I'll just do that with him. Because, you know, he's my riding partner. Mm. You know, you don't leave your wingman. So, yeah, I didn't want to leave my uh, my riding partner. So it never it didn't occur to me at all to, to just bail on you, except for that one part where we went to some really twisty turns and you had to slow way to hell down. Yeah, in order to stay, keep all three wheels on the ground. Right. I jetted through it, but I slowed down enough to keep you in sight. You I know. was going pretty fast through the one turn. I was actually sitting on top of the sidecar in one of the turns. <laughs> Well, I wish I had hung back to see that. (laughs) But that that whole pack impulse, I guess, kind of worked against me in the group ride Mm -hmm. because the touring group, quite honestly, was going too slow for me. There were a couple times where the passing lanes came up through the mountains, Mm -hmm. and I thought about doing it. Everyone speeded up. (laughs) (laughs) And then as soon as we got to a curb, everyone slowed right back down (laughs) so that they could go through the curb straight following the line. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean the white line. <laughs> oh, not A line. <laughs> not A line. So every time I've ever been on a group ride, 
everyone's either going a little faster or a little slower than I'd like to. I mean, the exception being if I'm like with you or Claire, I'm good. You know, because, you know, we've run together so much. We're kind of dialed into our position. Exactly. Yeah. It's no problem. But like the people who I don't necessarily ride with all the time, it's an adjusting period that's Mm -hmm. going on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the thing I've done in past years, frankly, is I just basically chill out. You know, I volunteer to go in a slightly slower group and I just kind of mosey. It helps that I've had a passenger in past years who will punch me in the kidneys if I go too fast. Right. Hi, dear. (laughs) She doesn't listen to the show. She's smarter than that. (laughs) You know, my wife doesn't listen much either. I think she's heard one or two shows. Enough to be like, well, I listened. I think I think what it is is they're already pretty sick of us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Just what I want to do in my leisure time. Listen to you idiots talk. About motorcycles. About motorcycles. <laughs> because every wife in the world loves it when all the motorcycle guys get together at dinner and we go, bike, 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 bike. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Yeah, I think when you, when you go through a group riding or you start riding with a group, there's an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. And with this one-day loop and Durango, we just don't have time to do that. We just kind of say, okay, here's three groups. Try to shake it out as yeah, best I think, you can. I think Durango is reaching a size now. It used to be we'd have you know the one – the previous biggest year we had uh, a dozen people. Right. Which is a little you – know, you put that into three groups and each group is like three or four people and it's easy to get a group of three or four people somewhat motivated relatively quickly. Right. It's still slow. The bigger the group is, the harder it is to get them going. This group was big. This group was big. There were 18 bikes. It was cool to see that many people on bikes together. Oh, it was wicked cool seeing that many people on bikes together. But oh my God, I don't know if you saw Claire and I at the gas station <laughs> running around, basically doing everything but hitting people with sticks to get them moving. <laughs> you know, people are starting to take off their helmets. We're like, no. <laughs> I should have went with the fast group. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, next year I'll be in the fast group. Yep. I may or may not. It depends on if I have a passenger or not. Mm-hmm. And if you're riding the Euro. I won't be there on the Euro. <laughs> you could tow the Euro there because the Euro was really handy. That's true. It was, it was handy to have there and it was loads of fun carrying people around yeah. and strafing the fire with. I mean, I, you know, I can kind of see the point of view of the guys that trailer their bikes somewhere because you – with you something go, like the Ural, it certainly makes a degree of sense. You want to go somewhere fun and, and ride the fun parts, and mm-hmm. you don't want to ride on 70 and you mm-hmm. know cross winds for 20 miles. <sighs> yeah. Because that was horrible. Yeah, we came back, and I was sitting in a nice car with the air conditioning, little drinky drink, some snacks, and uh, Chuck goes by going in a straight line, leaned over about <laughs> 30 degrees. I didn't want to turn my head. I didn't want to wave. Yeah, you, like, you were you were looking real tense and real unhappy on that bike. <laughs> It was, it was a windy day. Bad. It was pretty windy. <laughs> well, and apparently we dodged a bullet because Monday was worse. What? Yeah. Oh. Shit was blowing over on Monday. Holy crap. Yeah. Good thing we came back uh, Sunday. Yeah, we went in to try to do wedding registry at Williams Sonoma. Ooh, I want a crock pot. Ooh, look, it's a panini maker. The power went out because shit blew over in the city. Holy you can imagine in the open desert how much worse it would have been. Oh, God. I, mean, I, I have this vision of you in the Ural tumbling end over end going, yeah, NGM, just, NGM. Oh, yeah, totally. I would have been like up in the up in, <laughs> in the tornado with the Ural. I hope I'm somewhere. I land somewhere soft. You're going to land on a witch with ruby red shoes. I'm terrified. What do I do? What would Ivan do? Drink vodka. <laughs> Until not so much problem. <laughs> if only you hadn't packed that white case with water. I know. <laughs> I could fill that thing with vodka. Next time, it's gas and vodka. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Comes return to factory settings. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, you know, in group riding, it you know they always tell you ride your own ride. Yeah, and that cuts both ways. I mean, you know, you think the obvious thing, like yeah, don't override yourself, don't try to keep up, mm-hmm. don't try to do what the other guy's doing. That sure. He's going, you know, 50 miles an hour, balancing two pizzas on one hand in second gear. Sure. Don't do that if you can't. But also, you got to if – you, if you limit yourself or, you know, try to hold yourself back too much on, this, on a road, you're not going to have fun. Yeah. You're going to be cursing in your helmet the whole time mm-hmm. at people who, and, who are completely innocent of doing anything people, bad. People are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And doing it right. Yeah. And you're just an idiot in your helmet going, God, you, I want you're you. That, you're that guy who tailgates the person in the right lane. Yeah. You know, instead of going around him. I could feel my clothes coming off and the Corona tank top coming out. <laughs> I, w- I would rip open the suit and there would be the big logo. <laughs> the helmet would come off and there would be like a... backwards baseball hat underneath it. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going. <laughs> Do a wheelie all the way up. All the luggage would disappear from the Buell. <laughs> Parts would just shed off until it's just like, you know. Stunt as forever. <laughs> Like, oh my god, he's doing a stoppy all the way up the hill. <laughs> right until the part I turn into a fireball. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> EBR, bitches. <laughs> so I guess Charlie was following me when I was on the Ural. And I went into the first one of the one of the earlier turns. I still had Sean on the bike, so I hit it a little little hot, probably. Mm-hmm. And he's looking and he's like, Oh my god, I don't think they're gonna make it. They're gonna go what? <laughs> Sean was out the side of the sidecar with his hands wait, on wait, the step. Wait, wait. It's about this time that uh, the t- Cox boys decided to show old Boss Hog what the Euro could do. So you drifted around the turn? So we drifted around the turn. That was one of the longest drifts I've ever done in the sidecar. And I was off the seat. He was out the side with his hands on the step. It was beautiful. <laughs> Meanwhile, behind us, everyone's going, <gasps> <laughs> holy sh... That must have been really cool. <laughs> it was pretty rad. And, of course, it turns out that Charlie had cleverly pushed the GoPro button wrong. Oh. And didn't get it. <laughs> a common a common problem of the GoPro. Yeah. Pushing the yeah, button getting wrong. Getting that impression. Lots of people yeah. were complaining about that on the trip. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. He's got the older GoPro that won't take the backpack, so he can't get the cool LCD screen and stuff mm. that would tell him. Mm-hmm. Does he mount his on his helmet, or has he got bike mounted? I think it's somewhere on the bike. Okay. The very fancy bike. The very fancy bike we'll be talking about. Uh, so, yeah, you yeah, the, you don't you don't want to be crawling up into the bike in front of you. Yeah, because that's no fun for him either, because if all he ever sees is your, your headlights, like, right up his ass. While you're giving him the finger. <laughs> Holding a pizza in one hand. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I'm not that good. I might have been holding a slice. Okay. <laughs> With all the toppings blown I'm off. I'm just imagining a slice of pizza hanging out from underneath your visor. <laughs> Sandwiched between the visor and the helmet. Flap, 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 flap. <laughs> Which Both. turn are we taking? Pepperoni Road. Both fingers in the air. <laughs> and and I got to say, I'm going to say it again. Not his fault, not anyone's fault that was in front of me. I picked the wrong group. I did this to myself. The group did it right. They set the a pace because everyone seemed really comfortable with the pace. Yeah, so they set a comfy pace they could all do, and they did it. Yeah. Cranked it out. And they did it. I, sh- I should have got over my own 
notion and and broke away from that pack and caught up with the fast group mm -hmm. or you know just been t between the two groups even i probably would have found a happy medium between the two groups is fine and, and that's sort of what i ended up doing mm -hmm. uh, we stopped for lunch about halfway through the loop yep and i was like you guys go on i'm just gonna go back all those really cool turns and curves and that s curve and everything that i didn't feel like i, I really got all of i went back and got all of them Cool. And uh, I was happy. Sometimes ride your own mind means go off on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to do a lot of touristy stuff in Ure and Silverton, too, mm -hmm. which is I'm those tourist traps everywhere. They're for me. Oh, OK. I'm I'm that guy. The, All right. Then. The guy to take the picture with the dead stuffed bear. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's me. That's OK. That's fair enough. The hole in the wall that says, "Ooh, come look for a dollar. I, I've got a dollar. <laughs> And you want to look. I want to look. Damn it. <laughs> I want to see it once. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So group riding, group riding is fun. It's, I think the big thing is it's really fun for the social stuff. And it's really fun for when a group is, say, let's say for the sake of argument, around a fire or something. And you and a friend have been hatching a plot for months to buy a giant Nerf gun and uh, strafe the fire with it. That sounds like a really weird idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. How did the genesis of this idea come about? So I think Charlie's girlfriend, Heather, said, we should uh, get Nerf guns for the Durango rally. And Charlie said, okay, yeah, yeah. And he told me this. And I'm like, we need a giant Nerf machine gun we can fire from the Ural. <laughs> and Nerf makes one. And as it happens, Nerf makes one. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a link, the actual gun itself. This thing is awesome. It's about the size of a Browning machine gun. It takes six D-cell batteries, <laughs> which I should note, Charlie didn't find out beforehand. So we get this thing open. It comes in a box, which is enormous. It's like... It's the size like a, of a coffin. <laughs> you pull the thing out, and it needs six D-cell batteries not included for like, oh, no. Fortunately, <laughs> Heather and May and Joe save the day. So three women walk into a Walmart at 930 at night, and they buy a giant pack of D-cell batteries. What would you and do? And nothing else. <laughs> the men of Walmart had fantasies for the next week. <laughs> anyway, so we got the batteries. We waited until everybody was whooping it up around the fire. Of course, we start pushing the Ural down the driveway, and we realize it's dark, and we can't see shit. So I turn it on to, you know, get a little light, and then turn it off the last minute. Push the thing into the field, and May goes over and walks up to the fire and holds up her phone and says, Everyone, I'd like your attention, please. And they all kind of look at her like, huh? She pushes play on her phone and it starts playing Ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the other end of the yard, Chandler and I are sitting here on the Ural. Could being, you hear the music? No. Okay. We're being perfectly quiet. I'm like, I can't, I can't hear it. Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so I flick on the Ural and I hit the button and it goes, rah. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go are the famous last words of many adventure. <laughs> Fortunately, I remembered that I missed one of the switches. I clicked the switch and hit the button and it started up. So now Valkyries is playing and a Ural's just started across the yard. And the Ural's not an especially quiet vehicle. So we come... And everyone was very familiar with the sound of the Ural at this point because you'd been giving pony rides all. Yeah, I'd been giving monkey rides on the Ural for a while. There was two reasons for doing so. One, because it was fun. Two, to scout out my attack route. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew where the ditch was and I knew where the trees were and the particularly dangerous bits. See, it's sneaky stuff like this is why no one trusts you. <laughs> We'll get to that. So we came terrassing in <laughs> and began peppering the people around the fire with nerf darts in the dark, riding on a Ural. 
<laughs> I'm waiting. I can't wait to see the pictures of this. They're going to be funny, funny, funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't. I missed out on this whole thing. I was asleep in my tent. Claire did too. He went home. But both of you guys were gone. And we I was like, gone. oh, I really wanted to stay, but I can't say anything or I'll ruin it. Right. And uh, <laughs> you were going to show me the Nerf gun. You told Charlie. I told Charlie I would show him show, uh, Chuck the Nerf gun. I was like, yeah, yeah. Just show me how to turn it on and I'll show it to him in the morning. And I get as far as like holding one half of it and Charlie goes, wait a minute. No. You're going to give it to him and he's going to stick it in my tent and pepper me with Nerf darts in the morning. I was like, am I that transparent? (laughs) See, not even your co-conspirators can trust you. (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. Because my tent was right next to Charlie's. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would have done it too. (laughs) Oh, man, are you kidding? You would have had to pry that gun out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome gun, I have to say. Six D batteries is a bit much because who the hell has D batteries? But it's way fun. Walmart at nine thirty at night for well, women. <laughs> <laughs> Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. The one thing I did get to do is I got to ride Charlie's Multistrada. Oh, let's talk about the Multistrada. Oh, the Multistrada. Okay, so I'm going to set the stage for the Multistrada. Imagine for a moment. Something that rides position-wise about like a Buell or a V-Strom. I'm digging it. Okay. It's got 140 horsepower. That doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. (laughs) Chuck's drooling a little. (laughs) It's got the cool electronic suspension and throttle control like the BMW had. Only better. More settings and more customizability. And it's got top-of-the-line suspension. Mmm. Wow. This bike can go. And I have to add, this bike, when you turn it on... It's like you're back in a TV show in the 80s. awesome. There's so many buttons and blinky lights and shit. It goes through this whole warm-up procedure. Beep, boop, beep, boop. It gives you the idea that the top speed is 200 miles an hour. Oh, it says 298. 300 miles an hour. (laughs) 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 It goes through this whole... You almost expect to hear the dulcet tones of, good morning, whoever, Charlie... Charles, they call him Charles. Probably. Yeah. Interpol is waiting, Charles, with your next mission. (laughs) So I get this thing, and it has enduro mode, which cuts it down to like 100 horsepower and makes the suspension kind of spongy. Cuts it down to 100 horsepower. God, that sounds great, doesn't it? See you on the Euro. Man, I really need to cut this down to 100 horsepower. (laughs) If only the Euro only had 20 horsepower. (laughs) Let me change it to enduro mode. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I get out on the road and I put the thing in sport mode. And, you know, I know that Charlie would be disappointed if I don't romp on it. So I romp on it and take off like a freaking missile. On, a, on the gravel road? No, no, no. Once I was off the gravel road, oh. blast out of there. I go right past the road I was going to turn on. I'm in second gear and I'm doing 75 miles an hour already. And second gear has got something to give. I'm like, oh my God. This thing, what I'm saying here, is really, really fast. I'm inside my helmet cackling maniacally at this point. <laughs> it sounds like a supervillain laugh inside my helmet. It's just uncontrollable laughter. <laughs> so after I after I get done ringing the throttle... I must ride this bike. <laughs> you, <laughs> whew, watch out for cops. <laughs> Do you need a cigarette? You look a little uncomfortable. No, it, the, the, the power of the thing is absolutely intoxicating. Did you go through the, the, the different 
mode? Yeah, I went through a different mode. So the okay. sport, it's, you know, the suspension's pretty stiff, like a little uncomfortable stiff. You go into touring mode, and it, it makes the throttle not quite so twitchy and gives you a little cushier suspension, which is pretty cool. Okay. But still full power. Um, and then enduro mode is, like we talked about, it's 100 horsepower, and it's squishy. And there's an urban mode, which I'm not entirely clear on, but I'm assuming is some combination of the above. Now, you, you thought it was more adjustable than that uh, GTL we were on? Substantially. Yeah. The difference between Enduro and Sport is hugely noticeable. It was noticeable on the GTL. Mm-hmm. But the difference is each of those is customizable for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then in addition to each of those, there's that. And then you can also tell it rider and luggage, rider and passenger, rider right. and passenger and luggage, rider right. and passenger, you know, right. and so forth. But will there be a black helicopter that serves you schnitzel? I don't think so. It'll it's probably Italian. serve you pasta. Yeah. I like pasta better. So it'll be a red helicopter that shows up late and serves you pasta. With a hot Italian girl. I'm imagining some big Italian lady, actually. She's in, in the helicopter. They always make better food. She's up in the helicopter. She's up in the helicopter. She's like, eat, eat, you're too skinny. <laughs> but the girl that brings it down on the rope, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the electronic suspension and throttle control. I, I, wanna, I, I want a world where that's on a lot more bikes. Mm-hmm. That is super duper duper nice. Did this model have ABS? Yeah, I didn't try the ABS out. The front brake is really good. Nice, uh, nice front brake. Back brake's kind of little, little iffy. Mm. About on par with like the Strom's rear brake, which is kind of slushy. Okay. Suspension on this thing is super duper good, and some of that is that it's adjustable. Power is super duper good. Yep. Anything you didn't like about this bike? Uh, Things I didn't like: fuel injection, very lumpy at like cruising RPMs. This thing red lines at ten and a half, which is slightly more than the Strom at nine and a half, and double the fuel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, cruising around four, four and a half or so, uh, the fuel injection is really lumpy. It's kind of you know, like not not consistent solid power. It's kind of hunting a little bit. Yep. Which I was, was sort of disappointed by for an eighteen thousand dollar. How much is this? It's a lot. Eighteen thousand. Yeah. Eighteen thousand for the fancy model for a bike this expensive. You'd expect they'd you know smooth something like that out. You you'd, th- you'd expect more from the windshield. Yeah, the windshield too. The windshield is uh, is kind of chintzy. Yeah, it didn't. It. I mean, it's just two knobs, and it slides up and down, and kind of goes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a window of an apartment or something. Yeah, it's like a crappy apartment window. And Chuck and I, I should say, both have Madstad windshield mounts, uh, mounts which mm-hmm. are good stuff. Yep. But no electric windshield at all, which is you know, on a bike like this, you sort of. For eighteen grand, for eighteen grand, you come to expect. It didn't seem like it offered a whole lot. No, they, the windshield is definitely where they cheaped out on you. Now, the other thing, I guess, that came to our mind is, okay, so as a street bike, this thing is absolutely phenomenal. Just, right. Just absolutely awesome on the street. Great handling, really responsive everything. Throttle by wire really works great, I got to say. I'm, it's another thing I'm looking to see on more bikes. Mm-hmm. But on, on the Ducati website, we watched a dude in a video take it off-road. Yes, well, on their excellent... Now, those of you who buy dual sport tires, wait for it. On the Pirelli Scorpion trail tires... Not to be confused with the Pirelli Scorpion Road tires. No. Certainly not. These are the trail tires. Here's a hint. They look the same. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> These are not, 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 not trail tires. No sense of knobs. No even tread that goes all the way across the contact patch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they looked uh, pretty grippy. They were uh, very grippy on the road. They were uh, not so much on the uh, on the gravel. Yeah, and I'd just be kind of nervous about taking... An $18,000 bike with a lot of expensive bits. Yeah, so the conversation goes like this. So uh, how, how much are the handguards? A lot. And how much is this plastic fairing on the side? A lot. And underneath the bike here where the pipe is? A lot. So Char- Charlie put a little guard on the bottom of his because this thing has a whopping, wait for it, three inches of ground clearance. Yeah. From the header to the ground, which is not really trailing. traily adventure Not very trailing. No. Hmm. 
No, so he put he put a guard on there for adventure Starbucks runs. And <laughs> <laughs> sent looked, me a picture of it from a Starbucks, actually. It looked cool. Yeah, it did look cool. So I, I think what you've got here is you've got a bike that has all the nice ergonomic things you get from uh, an adventure bike, but is really, um, unless you were changing out the tires and putting a lot, a lot, a lot of changes to it to make it not cost you a lot of money when you knocked it over, a kind of mediocre uh, adventure bike. Would you have taken it into the Seine, Raphael? <sighs> I'd be tense on it because, you know, every time you drop the thing, it's a few hundred bucks. I definitely wouldn't go into that sandy road with it. No. No, I'd be like, we're going to camp next to the youth group. <laughs> yeah, so if you, if, you like the way, if you like the way adventure bikes sit, you know, the nice fairly up and down neutral seating position and want a bike that's really going to rail on the road um, and have a lot of money, uh, this is a good bet. A lot of fun. Yeah, well, you know, the whole bike choice thing is such a subjective, visceral mm-hmm. kind of thing anyways. Totally. You know, you might you just want to have the adventure look, yeah. the adventure feel. Yep. And, you know, With the big strange nose. With the big, yeah. And the LED lights and the really cool 80s computer-looking mm-hmm. artificial intelligence talking to you in an Italian accent, all sexy-like. Yeah, so I think this is a this is a this is a step further in the right direction than the GTL was for an ultra modern bike. I think they're mm-hmm. they're moving in a good direction. I still think I probably wouldn't buy this one. I think it's it, now if it got well, it, it would land you in jail. <laughs> well, that being high on the list, I'd be in jail. <laughs> How fast was he going? It's best we don't talk about it. You need scientific notation, ma'am. We can't tell you without his lawyer present. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some listener mail, listener contact. Listener mail. David writes to us. He sent us an article yet again warning us of the dangers of bounce houses. The powerful anti-bounce house lobby is still at it. In New York, 13 people were injured when the bounce house they were in went tumbling away due to the wind. If you were fatter, this wouldn't be a problem. (laughs) If you staked it down, it wouldn't be a problem. Well, there's that too. You know, if you wore all the gear all the time, it wouldn't be a it problem. Would just be, it would be doubly exciting. It would be, like, be like bounce house roller coaster. Look forward to New York passing laws for wearing helmets and bounce houses. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Thanks, David, for that. Uh, the next one we got, a letter from when we had Rick Peterson video. Hmm? And I thought we could talk about this since we just kind of went through this ourselves. Ooh, wait, wait. Can I talk about the sidecar packing methodology sure here's how it goes you take something and you go might this conceivably make me more comfortable on the trip yep fuck it toss it in do you even think that hard about it not really yeah <laughs> Ooh, toss <laughs> toss one of those toss uh-huh. you have toss yep. yep how are we doing on space lots keep tossing <laughs> okay so jeff gilbert writes regarding the rick peterson kit video it looked like a lot of overkill to me when packing for a four-week trip around the usa on the viffer I packed all of my clothes in one giddy 41-liter side case, one pair of pants for off the bike, maybe four pairs of socks and underwear, a few microfiber T-shirts, and that's about it. If you're planning on being in civilization at least one out of every four days, why pack more than four days' worth? We fit all our camping gear in one motorcycle-specific duffel bag, the GT roll bag from Motopack. Hmm. Uh, That included cooking equipment and bike tools. I'll have to step up to Claudio's challenge and make a video of packing the Viffer. Hey, Jeff, if you make that video, we'll put it on the website. Yep, and talk absolutely. about it. That would be cool. Yep. Others, if you want to send along videos to us, by all means, and, you know, submit them to Claudio, too. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, more than 20 people will see them. Hey, we've got three listeners in Canada. No shit. Yeah, Halifax. They love us. Awesome. 
I totally want to go up to Halifax and ride the Nova Scotia coast. Okay. Back to the letter. I overpacked for this trip. I put way too many clothes. Oh, I totally even overpacked. even for the even though we we abridged mm-hmm. the trip. Yeah, even even for the six day trip, I would have had way too many clothes. Yeah, because you're reusing you know two three times a pop. I had a ton of space left over. Yeah. I had, I mean, my tent, my pad, my chair, they couldn't fit into a case, no matter, sure. e- even an empty case. Mm-hmm. So I had a ton of room left in those cases after I had clothes and stuff. So I just started adding crap. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I took way too many clothes. I, uh, the two burner stove was unnecessary. We only used one burner. Maybe, you know, it's just, I guess maybe you get like a temptation to just keep cramming just stuff keep in. throw stuff in there. Oh, I got space. I better, ooh, what if there's something I need to, ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, well, I think that about does us for time this week. Go ahead and write to us at our website, wheelnerds at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening to us through iTunes, write a review about us. Even if you hate the show, put a good positive review so that other people will sink time into it like you have. Misery loves company. Damn right. Make your friends listen to Wheel Nerds. All of them. All right, until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everybody. We'll see you next time. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.